EOMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. On December 3rd through the 5th, the culmination of the 2010 StarCityGames.com Open Series hits Richmond, Virginia, and this event is going to be absolutely bonkers. We're talking hundreds of players, over 60, you heard that right, $60,000 in cash prizes, live coverage on the StarCityGames.com website, tons of side events, and as much magic to gathering as we can pack into one weekend. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Richmond, and we'll see you there. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode number 46 of Yo! MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco, And I'm Big Head Joe. And uh, let's just jump right in. The news this morning that broke uh, is that the that Wizards is actually canceling the Magic Player Rewards program. Um, I think my initial reaction was disappointment, like, oh, but then when I really thought about it, it's not, it doesn't really bother me too much. Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, they say that they're putting those resources into more local tournaments. Maybe that that means, like, they're using those resources to print more of the uh, packages for the places that can't run F&Ms. Right. You know? So, hopefully that's what that's going towards. I don't... I'm not sure we'll actually see the fruits of that change. Right. You know what I mean? Like... I guess hopefully we'll see what they're putting it into, but I guess if not... Uh, you know, it, I guess there's potential that we won't. Um, the official announcement says that, uh, you know, they're redirecting the resources to increase player support for local organized play programs. Uh, the December 2010 mailing will be the final mailing, and it'll include extra cards in addition to the cards you normally would have received. So that's kind of cool. I'm kind of curious, like, what extra stuff. I mean, probably just, if they're if they're discontinuing it, they're probably just distributing any, everything they've got. Right, I just would clearing think, out the warehouse yeah. or whatever, yeah. Right, I mean, what else are they going to do with those cards? Um, so that might be why they're going to do that. Um, this mailing will encompass all reported tournament activity through November 15th, 2010. So, uh, As of today when we're recording. T- that's today, yeah, we're recording on November 15th. The interesting thing, which I just kind of noticed as I was reading it, is it says uh, all reported tournament activity through November 15th. Does that mean it has to be reported by today, even if it occurred? Like, meaning, like, if oh, you just did something... Point. Yeah, if you I, just played you just played in a PTQ... On, sa- on Saturday. Saturday, right? And if it hasn't been reported yet, like, say they don't report it until tomorrow and or sometimes Wednesday or they something. Don't, right, so. it, that's very likely. I mean, people, they don't That'll, always... Whew. Yeah, that kind of that kind of stinks. That'll kind of suck because I, I'm at 30... I'm at 23 token points right now, and then I played an F&M on Friday, so that's 24, uh-huh. and then the PTQ would make 25. So right. if I get to 25, I get that fifth promo card. Right. You know so what it I mean? actually it counts, you know, it's so a card it will affect you. me if they don't report it. So right. that'll kind of suck. So I hope they report that. <laughs> right. Well, maybe you know, maybe it's worded poorly. Maybe they mean anything reported as being up through November fifteenth. No, but I think we'll that see. they mean reported by because like maybe they're just if getting it's not in the system, they don't have the numbers. They can't, you know, they can't adjust the numbers because even the the numbers on the like reward my rewards uh-huh. take longer to update than reporting tournaments as at least at least from my experience I don't know if that's true and maybe and maybe in the same vein like I could have some stuff that I'm owed you know points that I'm owed that haven't processed on their rewards thing so I might be over 25 anyway right I see so who knows but 
I don't know. I, I think it kind of. It's a shame that they. I, it's a shame that they announced this on November fifteenth, and then say the cutoff is today too. Because now, I mean, I guess anybody like tournament uh, people who run tournaments can see this announcement and hurry up and report them today. But like, it, if somebody sees it tomorrow, you know what I mean? Like, it, it kind of sucks. Like, at least give people a couple days to to report the thing and be like, you know, up and through through November twenty second, which would be next Monday. That gives people until the end of the week to make sure they have their their results submitted. But what whatever, I'm just. It is yeah. what it is, you know, right. and, and and that's fine, I guess. I mean, I hope they use those resources wisely, is all I hope. Yeah. And, like, and, I don't know. It, it's it, it's fine with me. The thing is, I've never been that impressed with most of the cards. Like, the only ones that I've, like, I have Cancel, because I really like the artwork on it, and mm-hmm. I did play with that. But, like, other than that, like, I have, you know, I got Cryptic Command, and... The Cryptic Commands are great. The Cryptic Commands look great, but I feel like I never was... I never wanted to play the full art ones, because I actually really liked the original art one, which is the same artist, and, um, you know, the art looks looks just as good, and I kind of like having... Like, if I'm playing against somebody, especially now, who hasn't played with Cryptic Command, I can be like, here's what it does. Here are the modes, yeah. Right, it's one thing to be able to play with it back when it was in Standard, but I feel like when I got it, I don't know when it was. It just it wasn't uh, it wasn't even around for very much longer in standard. Right. Um, so anyway, n- not a big deal. Like I guess I just never was that into it. I'm I'm a and I don't I can't even explain why, but most of my magic playing career, I guess you know, since I've been playing magic, I've never cared for foils. Right. And for a short time, I kind of did, and it was, like, just this past year yeah. when I had, like, blue-white control back, like, right after Jace uh, was printed in World Wake, like, Pro Tour San Diego-era blue-white control that Chapin played. That was a deck where I was, like, I, I saw the Rebecca Gway Path to Exile, which wasn't, that was not a player rewards. What was that? It was a... Uh, no, it was a gateway card. It was oh, a gateway right. promo. So not player rewards. Right, it was gateway right. promo. I saw that, and I was like, wow, I really like her artwork. I want to play with that one. So I got that, and I was like, well, if I'm going to play with that... Oh, this full art cancel looks cool. I'll do that. So I started like playing alternate art things, and I got the F&M Oblivion Ring. But even then, like I I don't think I actually played any player rewards besides the cancel. Right. So uh, my point is that I never got into pimping out my decks. And... Um, I just never cared for foils, so I guess it's the same thing with the player rewards. I actually liked the non-foil ones that you know the, that weren't rares more than I liked the ones that were you know the big, the big card. Like I was disappointed when I got lightning bolt. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of <laughs> random and weird, like that it was a common all of a sudden. But yeah, see, here's the thing. I mean, everyone likes free stuff. Yeah, and they yeah, and, it, and that's fine. John Medina calls me the king of free. Yeah. So like, I, you know, that's, I always like appropriate. Getting, I always like getting free stuff. So like. I'm going to miss getting, like, free cards in the mail every, like, couple months or so, but I'm not going to miss the cards themselves, because those cards all just were like, ooh, free card to trade into something I want, you know what I mean? Like, when the lightning bolts were, like, 20 bucks, I was like, word up, here we go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here's a $20 lightning bolt, I can trade that for something that's worth $20, you know what I mean? Like... (laughs) So that was the only thing that I really liked about the Player Rewards program was that some people collect those some things. Some people like them, yeah. And and I think I would be excited when I'd get the mailing. I'd be like, cool, I get to see what I got. And I'd open it and be like, cool, I got these cards. And then five minutes later, I'd be like, where did I put that envelope? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
oh well. <laughs> and I find it again like a month later. Oh, here's my player rewards. I shoved it under the bed. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, here they are. And then, you know, I just never cared that much. Yeah, the, only one I, the only one I really like is... is the cryptic command, and that's just because they're the cryptic it's, commands I have. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's cryptic command. I mean, yeah, that, that's my favorite because that's probably in my top two or three cards ever. And the damnation is in my mono black EDH deck. Okay, and yeah, that's yeah. a great. That's a great. That was a great artwork too. Yeah, it was. Like, so that was cool. But like, I only needed one, and I traded for it, and I have it, and that's it. You know. Right. Yeah. So, I guess, like you said, it is what it is. Um, I'm not too disappointed about it myself. I can understand why people would be, but... Uh, people are disappointed about anything yeah. that Appar- changes. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently people are kind of going nuts on the uh, MTG Salvation Forums. Surprise. Oh, no. God forbid right. somebody start griefing on the Salvation Forums. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope Find particular. Magic Cards doesn't shut down or something. Yeah, you know? Find Magic Cards is going to close in protest of the Wizards Play Network program canceling. <laughs> like... Cool. Maybe Deck Check will reopen in protest <laughs> yeah. of the player rewards program being canceled. Well, I I need a double protest, so I'm going to reopen. That way, you know, if something else goes wrong, he can do it again and shut his site down again. Yeah. So, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Hate mail. Send it to yomtgtaps at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, this past weekend, we had pretty two uh, pretty sizable tournaments. Um, there was a TCG player event in Austin and the Kentucky Open. Um, we haven't been able to find the deck list for Kentucky Open. Um, they're just, they haven't been posted yet. So we can't really report on that. Somebody mentioned it was, uh, possibly black, blue, green, um, kind of like the, the red, blue, green controlled lists that are going around, but instead of red playing black. And I, I've heard of inklings of lists like that because That's really lovely. I like that idea ma- mainly the the red is just for lightning bolt and then maybe pyroclasm on the board, board. right mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily uh, you know it doesn't necessarily have to even include red if you just want like doomblade or something or whatever um, right people have kind of moved away from like the elves and the like weenie list except for that vampires list and actually there's a boros list that's been going around online at least right yeah and, um, uh, and I think even Jerry list. T. Jerry T. I think was playing um, Boros. Yeah, Jerry uh, Thompson was playing the Boros list in uh, in the Kentucky Open. Why did Why did you, you were talking oh, about? You, were, you I was saying how Pyroclasm isn't that great. Any like not isn't too hot of an option out of the sideboard. No pun intended, because there's not really like, Elves. Kind of isn't really a player right now. Right. Like, it's just Battle Cruiser. You know what I mean? Like it's just right. all Battle Cruiser magic right now. So yeah, I haven't actually seen one of the the black, blue, green lists, but I'm assuming it's just cutting the the lightning bolt and the pyroclasms for things like Doomblade or Disfigure or or whatever. Maybe Memoriside. Yeah, um, Memoriside would be good against opposing titans. Um, right. You know, like I played mono black aggro vampires ish on Friday. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm really starting to learn because I'm running. I'm not running like the lists that you see online. I'm really learning that I'm starting to hate Necrogen Scudder, even yeah. though I think it's a cool. <laughs> it's a cool option. I think it would be a good card to bring in like out of the sideboard. But like if a, if an opponent has Jace, <laughs> like I did, like you did, like <laughs> right. Travis did, yeah, they look at it like they're sitting there like I want to brainstorm. Oh yeah, <laughs> bounce your lightning bolt. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. I think you played Necrogen Scudder, lost some life, and I went Jace. 
I guess I want to balance an Ecrogen Scudder, even though, like, I didn't want to because I wanted to brainstorm. Like you said, it was almost like I needed, I actually wanted cards because at the time I think my hand was a little iffy. Yeah. But I felt like I should just, just bounce the stupid Scudder and make him lose some more life. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, but the thing was, I wasn't, that was the first time anybody played Necrogen Scudder against me. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even thinking about that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of like, oh, wait a minute, what does that do again? Oh, that's the one. He just lost three life from that coming into play. Yeah. So, um, I yeah. Think, I, I think overall, um, I think main deck, like Gatekeeper of Malakir is probably a much better choice for that deck. Because um, I'm, I'm not running them currently. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, like, when I built the deck, I just don't own any right now. Because I yeah. probably sold them. Or what happened to your FNM promos? I traded it okay. for a Gaia's Revenge. <laughs> oh, that seems like a good good trade. Yeah, so, uh, but I think I'll add those into the deck because they're pretty good. Um, good against Frost Titan. Um, that's yeah, good like, against Battle Cruisers. Ba- good against that's Battle the Cruisers. the whole thing. Right? Exactly. And, that, and that's kind of like what my deck is set up to do is to kind of, you know, battle. Battle, battle, battle cruisers. Battle, battle, <laughs> battle, 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 battle cruisers. cruisers. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So, like, speaking of which, I really have, uh, really have been getting a lot out of playing consuming vapors. Like, I never played that card. I thought this looks like it could be really good, but man, people do not play around that card right. Mm-hmm. Like, I played against numerous people who had one creature, and I went consuming vapors, and they went okay. You know, pass the turn, play a creature, okay, rebound. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happened to me twice. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? You just—I mean, I said this rebounds. I'm going to set it here on top of my library, so I remember. Is that cool? You know, like that's—I I don't know if that's actually. I've heard people complain about that. That's not really legal. Like judges saying, like, if you put your rebound spell on top of your library, like that's not—you can't do that or something. I don't really. Well, you can put like a marker. Like you can just take. Yeah, pen I could put cap. a pen cap on top of my library to remind me, but I just, just choose to use the card, but I always clarify it with my opponent. Um, if I had Oracle of Maldaya in play, I can see where that would be a problem, <laughs> right? Like, I'm going to put the rebound spell on top so you can't see or something. You know, that's where it becomes an issue. But I feel like if it's not an issue, then just set it on top. Like, it's face up. It's not like I'm putting it face down on top of my library. I'm right. putting it face up. I'm kind of putting it sideways. Sideways, yeah, exactly. Okay. I don't think it's terrible. So, I can understand, uh, like, where, like, a judge would have some sort of, would take issue with that, perhaps. I mean, maybe, not not even at, like, an F&M, but no, maybe no. at, like, a more competitive level REL. Right. Um, but I, I don't see it as a problem. I would never, like, I'm the TO and I'm the, like, rules advisor for my events. Yeah. If I'm playing across from you and you set it on top there, I wouldn't bring yeah. it up and be like, dude, like... You shouldn't do that. I would just be like, okay, so that's there, and it's going to rebound, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's all a matter of being clear in what's happening in the game. Like, there's a kid that plays, and he's kind of new. Well, he, he played a while ago. George, you know who I'm talking about? Yes. He, he just came back to the game. He's uh, he's playing, like, an Infect deck, and he tends to, like, to tap his lands. I think he literally just taps the card. Like, not turns it sideways, but just taps it with his finger. So it's like, what lands are you tapping here? Like, you need to turn them sideways. He also plays his creatures upside down if they have summoning sickness. Like, like not face down, but upside down. So they're facing me if they have summoning sickness. I'm like, well, that's fine. But please turn your lands sideways. Because he just kind of, like, throws creatures out there. And it's like, his lands are kind of slightly tilted at, like, a three-degree angle. Yeah. Like, is that... Just turn it sideways, please. Uh, you know, I've seen people tap to, like, a 45-degree angle before, and I don't really like that because it can easily shift and become, like, 
unclear as to whether it's tapped. Right. But dude, like, really does not turn his lands hardly at all. Hmm. Like, you, you need to tap those. Um, so apparently, um, and this, uh, this comes from Josh J. MTG on Twitter. Okay. Um, the Kentucky Open, basically they, uh, Bluegrass Magic is the, is the T.O. for that. Yeah. Um, they took a major bloodbath on their 5K and Winter King this weekend due to poor attendance. Hmm. Um, basically, they they took in $800 and paid out 1000 Oh. And so because of the poor attendance, it ended up being a loss, which I that's kind of terrible. It sucks. Yeah. Why was there such low attendance? I don't know. I'm just getting this from his Twitter. Right. That's just something that I thought was notable. Um, so on to the other event for the weekend, now that we've come back from our tangent here. Yeah. Um, was the TCG Player 5K in Austin. It was at, I think, the Wizard World uh, event. This actually was won by Kyle Sanchez, who uh, who's a writer for Star City Games. At least he was. I haven't seen anything from him recently. But he played kind of a classic blue-white control list hmm. um, with three Baneslayers. Nice. Uh, this is main deck. Three Baneslayers, two Gideons, three uh, Jace Bellerin, three Jace the Mind Sculptor, one Sun Titan, and four Wall of Omens. Um, three Condemn, three Day of Judgment, two Into the Royal, two Journey to Nowhere, four Mana Leak, two Ratchet Bomb, three Spell Pierce. So he, he main decks the Spell Pierces, which is interesting. By the way, mm-hmm. Star City Games has Bane Slayers at 15 bucks right now. That's pretty nuts. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a really interesting kind of throwback to what we were seeing just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, the only, uh, the only cards in here from Scars of Mirrodin are Ratchet Bomb, a two of... And Seachrome uh, Coast, which, you know, uh, it's a four of in here, but I don't think that's essential to the, the deck. And, uh, and he's got a Ratchet Bomb in the board, but otherwise, this is a completely, you know, pre-Scars standard list. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of interesting, and he, and he won. Uh, I guess it goes to show you that blue-white control isn't, isn't that bad. It's not dead. No, absolutely not. Wrath of God doesn't target Frost Titan. That's true. That's important to note. Like, that's something I was thinking about yeah, recently. And he's not running Frost Titan. He's like, I'll just fly over your Frost Titan. Yeah. And uh, obviously, if your Frost Titan taps my Baneslayer, Baneslayer's not flying. But if your Frost, Frost if, I think that if the Frost Titan resolves to begin with, he's doing something wrong anyway. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. The thing is, he only runs four Mana Leak. Uh, so, and, and three Spell Pierce, but that doesn't, doesn't target Frost right. Titan. Um, and then, as far as, like, and he's got, like, negates in the sideboard. That's his only... Uh, and, and flash freeze. So none of those target Frost Titan. Oh. Only mana leak. So I guess he's hoping to mana leak it or journey or condemn it, but obviously those aren't... Journey's fine. I mean, journey just costs four. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. Which isn't terrible. And, of course, he's got the Sun Titan kind of engine in there. Um, second place was an Eldrazi green deck, totally just ramping up to the... Uh, he's got one copy of each Eldrazi, uh, two Wormcoil Engine and four Primeval Titan. And otherwise, it's just a bunch of ramps. A- and four Summoning Trap. He's uh, got all his dust and Gaia's Revenge in the sideboard with uh, Ratchet Bomb, Obstinate Bailoff, two Terastodon, as- four Acidic Slimes. So uh, I-, I just think that... Uh, I think that's such a neat deck. It's so non-interactive, though. I mean, yeah, it's just, almost like a combo deck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the sideboard becomes very interactive. Yeah. Pretty much everything but the Gaia's Revenge and the Obstinate Bailoffs are interactive. But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's such a fun, like, 
what Timmy deck, I guess. You know, I'm just going to play my uh, Land War Elves with Instill Energy and Findhorn Elder, and I'm going to pop out Colossus of Sardia and put Instill Energy on it and attack. That was my deck. Yeah, it was my deck. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we both played that deck at some point in yeah. 1995. I had a 40 card mono green deck, yeah. right? Because that's when before decks were supposed to be 60 cards, or at least before yeah. we knew. You know, we exactly. just had the rule book and it said 40 card minimum. Right. It's like, alright, build exactly. a 40 card deck. Bam. Done. So, uh, red, blue, green control came in third, and this, this is the kind of what is becoming the stock version of it with four Jaces, four Lotus Cobra, three Oracles, uh, three Frost Titans, and an Avenger of Zendikar, which I believe... Travis is running something similar. I think he's got two Frost Titans and an Avenger. No, he runs three because oh, that's right, I, he did. I you, remember sided him. And so did I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, the funny thing is he won that game because he hit his Avenger. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't able to deal with the Avenger. He didn't even have double blue the whole game I, I, that I memory sided him. So it didn't even matter. So he would have never cast them anyway. But, like, I was just like, nope, not let that happen. Because all he needed was a Cobra and some lands. And, right. like, he'd have been at double blue. So I was yeah. just like, no, we're not even going to let it get there, you know? Yeah. It's like, if you got your Avenger, great. I'm going to Doomblade it in response to the trigger to make the plant tokens. Right. Had you duressed him at all? Because that's well, what... I'm certainly, I'm certain I did, you know, like... I See, I duressed him, and he had a Frost Titan, and then he had Oracle in play, and there was a Frost Titan on top of his deck. But I knew he was going to play the Frost Titan, and I couldn't... I didn't have anything to deal with it ahead of time. So, you know, even as much as I would have liked to let him draw the second Frost Titan and then memory aside him during my next turn, he would have gotten one onto the table. Right. Uh, much harder to deal with them when they're on the board right. than in his hand. So, I uh, wish Thoughtseize was legal. Like, I, yeah. so, I want some sort of Thoughtseize variant in standard. I would play that double black one. What was it called? I feel like I know what you mean. Uh, I, I can see it. Distress? Distress. I would so run Distress right now. Yeah, Distress is uh, sorcery for black, black. Target player reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. God, so, I wish I had that card right now. Like, that would be so good to fight the battle cruiser menace. Like, yeah. It would be so good. Duress is already really good. No, Duress is great. I'm loving that card because I'm playing the Spagnolo blue-black deck. And it's got uh, two main deck duresses and two in a sideboard. And I love just going, duress you, write down your hand, and keep track of everything you play. And yeah. now I know exactly what's in your hand. I run four main deck duress and yeah. two Inquisition of Kozilek. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're way, you know. Well, cause I'm, well because I'm, I'm picking out counter spells, I'm picking out bolts. Because, I mean, like, you mm -hmm. know, I go, I go Nighthawk, they go bolt. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, right. It doesn't hurt that Travis is draw, Travis draws, like, three of his four bolts, like, every game against me. You know, like... Why don't you more side the bolts? I almost <laughs> did. I'm not even lying. I almost did. I almost went memorized naming bolt. It was one of the things in my head, because I just didn't want to have to deal with it. But then I was like, no, I need to get rid of Frost Titan. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. that's his, that's his win. You know, that's his win condition. Right. So, um, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so this is the, the typical kind of red-blue-green control version. Um, in fourth place was a, a blue-black control, kind of the Spagnolo version, although he does run two Mimic Vats. So he's kind of doing something of a, uh, a hybrid. No, uh, no Abyssal Persecutors like Jerry T's list, but he's got a Frost Titan, um, the uh, Trinket Mage package, two Worm Coil engines, which is interesting. 
and then two of the mimic that. Uh, a Valakut deck in fifth place. With are the Valakut decks like I hadn't seen any running Koth that I remembered. Maybe they have, but I just forgot. They, I mean, like there was like a play, te- like there was like a Gauntlet version that was. Uh, I forget who had posted that Gauntlet on Star City, but like. There was a gauntlet that was posted that was running two copies of Koth in there. That's what this one is doing. Yeah, and then that's okay. I don't know. I I don't love the idea of running Koth in a deck that isn't like Mono Mountains. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It just feels kind of underwhelming to me. I don't right. Know. I might be wrong. Um, it wouldn't be the first time, yeah. but I don't know. I just I feel like Koth belongs in like. Uh, like one deck. There's one deck that Koth fits in to me. Really? I don't know. Well, I think he can fit in multiple decks, but they've got to be heavy red. I mean, I feel like it's almost obvious, but you know, I feel like they can go in different variations of red. Like I even think that like red decks that run more than like four between teetering peaks, mm-hmm. smoldering spires. I even feel like those decks shouldn't be running Koth. Well, they're just not all in on Koth. That's the thing. Like, I, I just guess feel like you have to be all in on Koth. Like, if you're going to play Koth, you've got to be like Koth and then build around him. And, and that's fine because he's a great card to do that with. I'm so surprised no one's tried to use Elemental Appeal with Koth before. <laughs> I'm like so dying to see that happen in Standard. Like, Why don't you do it? I should. I don't have Koths. I have Elemental Appeals. I mean, yeah, there we go. We're <laughs> you all can borrow right. my Koths if you want. Uh, I've got five that are sitting in a deck that I don't play. <laughs> Maybe uh, I will. Maybe next. Maybe next. Uh, maybe this. Uh, this Friday's sealed. Maybe like next Friday, I'll totally borrow your red deck and make a few little stupid tweaks to it and see what happens. I don't as know. long as if we pair, I'm you just scoop. <laughs> <laughs> I only lend you my cards if you scoop to me. Is that considered a bribe? I don't know. Yeah. It sucks either way. Like I don't know if it's a bribe or not. But uh... <laughs> so. Uh... So yeah, this particular version is running two Koth, and he's also running in the sideboard one Swamp and four Memoricide, which uh, has kind of become a trend. Apparently, somebody in uh, in Russian, uh, one of the one of the Russian regionals kind of uh, winners did this in his like red green ramp deck. Uh, the reason I'm getting that information from Patrick Chapin, who uh, if you guys haven't seen this morning, the Chapin and Sperling show. Hosted by Patrick Chapin and Matt Sperling. Uh, the first episode is up on StarCityGames.com. It is premium, but it's hilarious. It was great. Right, they have a couple little skits, and then they uh, they talk about Jace versus Primeval Titan. Yeah. And they're both on opposite sides of the uh, the argument. And uh, But Patrick mentions uh, Dex running One Swamp and Memoricide. Yeah. Which I, th- I think that's a perfectly good idea. If you can... Get that swamp from your two Terramorphic Expanses or two Evolving Wilds or your Primeval Titans or your Cultivates or your Harrows or your Colony Heart Expeditions. I mean, you've got plenty of ways to get that swamp, mm-hmm. you know, and then just being able to, uh, I mean, in a mirror match, you Memoricide their Primeval Titan. That's what that's what uh, Patrick was talking about, how Memoricide is so good against Primeval Titan because you strip it out of these decks and the decks kind of really fall apart significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, depending on the rest of the deck, but for the most part, like, that that card is, uh, you know, the, the glue that holds that deck together. It's it's all the synergy in the deck is is around Primeval Titan. Um, 
So if you have Star City Premium, you should absolutely check that out. We'll link it in the show notes. If you're getting this off of Star City, you've probably already seen it. Um, so check that out. Um, in sixth place, we have a black-red vampires list, which has got uh, Bloodgast, Gatekeeper, Calastria Highborn, Pulse Tracker, Vampire Lacerator, Viscera Seer, um, and then Arc Trail, Burst Lightning, Lightning Bolt, Mark of Mutiny as like the red burn suite. Mark mm-hmm. of Mutiny is pretty good against... Uh, Against these battle cruisers as well. Does it run frost? T- I mean, does it run? Does it? Well, I guess that is a very valid question. Does this rat, black red vampires list run frost titan? It, it doesn't surprisingly. Wow. Does it run blightning? It does not run blightning, but it runs burst lightning. Okay, that's close. <laughs> yeah. Be lightning. Exactly. Uh, don't abbreviate on your deck list if you're running burst lightning <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're registering. Uh, it runs dark tutelage main deck. And one one in the sideboard, two main, one side. Um, a sort of body and mind. Nice. No, that's a great card against well, Frost Titan. Yeah, it's um, it's tough to deal with. I was playing against uh, the the white weenie quest deck list, and he got sort of body and mind, and I was like, I couldn't keep up. Like I couldn't keep killing every creature he equipped it to. Like while I could Doomblade the creature. I couldn't do anything else, and he would just equip it to another weenie, and it was like I can't can't do anything. Like, right. I couldn't, it was beating me. I mean, the mill was sort of irrelevant, but uh, I'm sure it would have gotten relevant had he not already done a ton of damage to me. True. Uh, it's just tough. Like, I'm like trying to top deck into the royal, which really doesn't, doesn't do much if I just into the royal it and don't have a counter spell for it on the way back down. Right, right. Um, that deck is really, I don't know. It's it's annoying to play against. That's a deck I want to play. Like I want to build that deck. I've been thinking about it and thinking about it. We like, should build it so that we can play it, and I can kind of figure out how how to beat it. Yeah. Because uh, I I was afraid a little bit of the matchup between blue black control and red blue green control. Uh, I wasn't really sure because I hadn't played against it until this past Friday playing against Travis, and uh, we drew. But I I found you know I knew where my mistakes were. I won game one and he won game two because after the Memorial side hit his Frost Titans, he hit his Avenger, as I mentioned earlier, uh, and he just overwhelmed me. But I, I would have won the next turn, so it, it was close, and, and I had won game one. So uh, that's a that's a matchup I'd like to test some more. Yeah, definitely. Um, in seventh place, uh, Red Deck wins with four Koth and uh, 13 Mountains, four Teetering Peaks, Four Scalding Tarns, which for all intents and purposes are mountains, as as are the four Arid Mesas. Right. Um, so that's more all-in, I guess, on the mountains. Um, I mean, that's that's 25 lands in a red deck. That's fine. Like, if you're playing your standard red deck list, you're going to be playing, like, 22 lands. You know what I mean? So, right. like, the fact that it runs 25 lands, 13 of which are mountains. It feels like 13 mountains is kind of, like, the threshold for, like, acceptable amount of mountains when you're playing certain kinds of decks, like the Valakut Ramp and, like, red decks with Koth. 13 seems about the operational... I guess it just... It really depends on the rest of the deck, I feel like. I mean, the thing is with Koth, you don't need a ton of mountains in play for him to be effective. Like, yes, for him to be... For him to be bonkers, you need a lot of mountains in play, but for him to actually be effective, you don't need so many. Really... Just having one in play the turn you play him is all you need because you just untap it and swing. You know, I mean, that's that's good because a lot of times it's, you're just getting a 4-4 haste out of it and they have to deal with with your cough. Like, 
they might start to worry you're going to end up with more mountains. Even if you, I mean, the, the thing with Koth is once you get that emblem, it doesn't matter how many mountains you have in play at the time, because every time you play one, it, it does its thing. You know, you have the emblem. So people are still going to try to keep you off of mountains. Um, and I, I just think, like, he's still effective. That's my point. Not, you know, he doesn't have to be ridiculous to be effective. Uh, this particular deck is more similar to the uh, to the Cedric Phillips list, which which I was playing. Although he doesn't play the uh, the Molten Tail Masticors, he's kind of he's got Ember Haulers and Inferno Titans um, in place of basically like Master Cores, and uh, he doesn't play Spike Shot Elder. Um, it's got a little bit different of a burn suite, but he's got the Goblin Guides, of course, yeah. and the Cargan Dragon Lords, and plated Geopedes. So, uh, but this is more of like the mid-range red deck wins. But he, he does have Inferno Titan, so he can go Battle Cruiser, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and with Koth and so many mountains, he can go Battle Cruiser pretty quick. Um, and then in eighth place, another Vampires list. This one a little more classic, just mono black. This looks. Uh, it may be identical to the one that we talked about last week in the Star City event mm-hmm. that's got the uh, the Blade of the Blood Chief in it. Yeah. So yeah, that's the top eight for the TCG player event. And um, But uh, I mean, it just goes to show you Blue-White is still out there and Baneslayer is still out there. And if you don't have your Baneslayers, you can get them off of Star City Games for $15. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a bargain if you, if you would have told people a year ago that Baneslayer was going to be 15 bucks because a year ago... They were like sixty bucks. On to the uh, the news. We already mentioned about the Magic Player rewards being canceled, right? And we did we did also mention the Chapin and Sperling show, mm-hmm. directed by Evan Irwin and edited by Evan Irwin. Uh, I know he was having some issues with that, so I know he uh, the Magic show is running late this week. But you should all have it by now, and you should definitely be checking that out. Um, wanted to mention Flores Rewards season two. Yes, has, has kicked off. Um, FloresRewards.com. It's just a cool way to just participate and have fun and get free cards out of it, possibly. Yeah, I got know? a set of uh, Fauna Shamans, and you got a set of Copperline Gorges, right? Right, and they say, love Mike on them. I, yeah. told, I told him, I was like, can you deface them for me? Oh, did he actually <laughs> write that on the Yeah, so on he, the wrote, he wrote, love Mike on the art real big. So definitely check out FloresRewards.com. Uh, it's just fun. It's not like it takes anything. It doesn't take really any time. I mean, I took a picture of myself holding bread. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, uh, we we mentioned this on our Twitter account, and it's been kind of um, brought up on Twitter by multiple people, but for those of you who aren't on Twitter, um, mtgmom.com, which is run by Megan Holland, she put together a Google calendar of all the magic events all year. Uh, it's awesome. Like, it's you can, so awesome. Yeah, I mean, I had this kind of thing for the Star City Open Series, and like the big, like the Pro Tours and things, but she's got everything. She's got MTGO events. PTQs, Pro Tours and Grand Prix, the Star City Open Series, everything else, which apparently is, you know, a miscellaneous category. And so basically, just just check it out, and it just tells you everything going on, all the events. Apparently, you can sync the calendar to your phone. Yeah. So, like, you can have the calendar straight on your phone, so you'll be able to know, like, what state do I have to drive to this weekend to try to grind into the Pro Tour? Oh, okay, I guess we're going to New Jersey, you know, like... Yeah, it's just it's a great resource. So uh, shout shout out to Megan for that. Yeah, Life on Auto on Twitter, A U T O. Yep. Um, 
and uh, mtgmom.com. Uh, we'll link it. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an incredible resource. Um, it's it's a shame like nobody did something like this before. I mean, I guess I did it for myself, but it was only the ones that I cared about. Right. And uh, you know, she took the initiative to go. You know, go global. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like yeah. go public with it. Here it is. Um, I used uh, and, and the re- and um, I knew there was a PTQ coming up last weekend to play in because I looked at this site. I was like, oh, Rockville's this weekend. Yeah. And then Brendan sends me a message on Twitter. By the way, Brendan, I'm sorry that I didn't say bye to you when we left the uh, <laughs> the PTQ. You were in the middle of a round, and they were like, let's go. We'll be out in the car. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I, like, ran out. So anyway, thanks for letting me stay with you, and, uh, you know, thanks for, uh, you know, rocking it at the PTQ. We'll get them next time. Uh, Lloyd and Mark, same thing. Uh, so, uh I went, speaking of the PTQ, just briefly, I went 2-2, I dropped at 2-2. They were giving out prize to top 32, so I mean, I could have probably stuck around and got some prizes, but we wanted to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch the Manny Pacquiao fight, which was awesome. Um, Rock and roll. Boxing is so much better than MMA. Put that out there. Mm-hmm. Don't delete that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, this is something that they announced... Uh, like last week or so, and I know you guys sort of talked about it on the Mana Screwed podcast, which you guessed it on. Yes, right? I was on the Mana Screwed podcast. There you go. Uh, Episode 28, Sack to Power Taint. Yeah. Um, Manascrewedpodcast.com. Yeah, so check that out. Um, the Magic Online deck series designed to be competitive and legacy right out of the box. These two decks, what is it? It's like a burn deck. There's a burn deck called Bolt Slinger. Which is, uh, it looks like my deck from 1997, sort of. Um, it's got, I mean, it's got Goblin Guides and, like, Hellspark Elementals and Keldon Marauders as the creatures in it. And then it's got Chain Lightning, Fire Blast, Flames of the Blood Hand, Lava Spike, Lightning Bolt, Magma Jet, Price of Progress, and Rift Bolt. And, uh, more Price of Progress in the sideboard, some Pyroblast, Pyrostatic Pillar, and Relic of Progenitus, uh, and 20 Mountains, just straight up. Burn. Mm-hmm. Legacy, legacy burn. Um, and then uh, it's got a white deck, which is Exiler, is the name of the deck, and it's Benevolent Bodyguard, uh, Ethersworn Cannonist, Flicker Wisp, Jotun Grunt, Mangara of Korondor, uh, Sarah Avenger, Stoneforge Mystic, Weathered Wayfarer, Ether Vile, four copies of that. Um, Bone Splitter, Oblivion Ring, Swords to Plowshares, Umazawa's Jita. These are pretty good cards. Yeah, they're I mean, only they're, 30 bucks a deck, right? Yeah, it's $30 for the deck, and it's Magic Online only. Uh, so, you know, if you want to play Legacy Online and you need something to get started, these, are, I think, are fantastic options. Sure, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, I mean, this is the kind of thing that they need to be doing more often, and... What this kind of brings up is the uh, the decks that su- that are supposedly coming out in in, uh, in print with you know, Mirrored Besieged. Yeah, with Mirrored and Besieged. Remember, we brought them up a couple weeks ago. Event decks. Yeah, the event decks. Right the, about like what kind of stuff are these going to be? Are they glorified intro decks? I mean, these clearly they don't have any ridiculously expensive cards in them. There's no you know uh, dual lands, but they they have Caracas in here. Yeah. Uh, Flagstones uh, isn't anything, I don't think. Mistress Factory. Um, you know, there's no huge value cards in here, but there are... Caracas is like a $40 card right. IRL. So, right. I mean, like... I mean, this is online. I don't know what they go for online, but... 
uh, I would think it would at least be somewhere similar to the paper version. So what I'm saying is, well, wonder what this means for these event decks. Does this mean that they're willing to print things like $50 cards in these event decks that are going to be coming out? Well, from what uh, I remember us talking about, there are no mythics. We're... Are we sure there are no mythics, or were we thinking there might be no mythics? No, I'm. For some reason, I'm almost sure there aren't. I don't remember us talking about that because I don't think I knew that. Oh, wait a minute. Here's some. Here's a thread on MTG Salvation. Google for the win, right? Because I just googled event decks, no mythics, to see if I could find something, and uh, this thread came up. It says uh, this is from the Alliance Game Distributor Show. They're going to be released three weeks after each set, starting with Mirrodin Besieged. There will be two event decks per set. They're going to have seven rares in each deck, um, and they'll have powerful commons and uncommons. Uh, like in a burn deck, there will be four lightning bolts. In a black deck, there would be like something like four nighthawks. Uh, no crazy rares, as they didn't want to repeat something like Rat's Nest with Jite. Rat's Nest was the intro deck, or the pre-constructed deck, as it may have been known at the time, yes. that had Umazawa's Jite in it, and... Everybody went and just bought that one. Uh, but yeah, apparently they don't want that kind of thing to happen. They also said the decks won't solve standard, and one shouldn't expect to trounce the tables at FNM, but should expect to do pretty well, and if the player is very good, may be able to win the whole thing. The decks are $25, and there will be no Mythic Rares. Also, the decks won't have anything really expensive on the level of Zendikar fetches. Also, the event decks will be Phyrexian Mirren aligned, at least for the Mirrodin Besieged ones. So, uh, so that's interesting. It's probably one and one naturally, mm-hmm. right? That's what I wanted to bring that up briefly. Um, so far, we have the names of essentially, I guess, four cards from Mirrodin Besieged, right? Uh-huh. What is it? We have we have the Peace Strider and Pierce Strider, right? And then we have Mirren Crusader. And Phyrexian Crusader. Oh, I hadn't heard Phyrexian Crusader. Well, from what I've... Somebody on Twitter said that there's also a Phyrexian Crusader. Okay. So I'm just taking that their word for right, it. Right, right. Um, so anyway, what we have so far are... Assuming that those two are kind of opposites of each other. We have two cards on each side of the, ali- of the alignment mm-hmm. that mirror each other. So one of the things that I came up with was... Wouldn't this set be ridiculous if each side was a mirror image of the other side. Like, that's really interesting. Like, for j- there to just be... Literally, like, half the set is Phyrexian, half the set is Mirren. Um, or, I guess maybe there could be some things that were in, that were unaligned, but... And everything having a mirror, that would be kind of neat. And uh, another thing, wouldn't it be funny if all the regular packs really were faction packs? Because what they've said so far is that for the pre-release, you're going to have faction packs, and they're going to be aligned based on factions. They haven't, uh, you know, said anything really else about it. What if that's the way the pre-release is, because that's the way the whole set is, which goes right back to the original rumor that the whole set was going to be that way. Right. It could be a disaster, and we've talked about this already, so uh, no reason to rehash it, but I guess we're going to find out pretty soon. Yeah. It's November 15th. We're going to start... Seeing, uh, seeing more and more cards as, you know, weeks go on. Uh, the set comes out, I mean, the pre-release is at the end of January. So anyway, that's, that's kind of interesting as far as the event decks. So, uh, oddly enough, this morning we got an email from Lloyd, who, uh, mentioned to us the Magic Player Rewards situation and, uh, you know, which we were going to address anyway, but, uh, he did mention something that I wanted to bring up, 
Um, he asks us, which writers, aside from the obvious Chapin and Flores, do you guys follow regularly? So uh, we figured we'd, we'd pimp some other writers and, uh, and other podcasts, actually. So I'll, uh, I'll start. Obviously, Patrick Chapin and Flores, those are the obvious ones. Yes. I read every Chapin article and every Flores article on both uh, TCG Player and Five with Flores and Flores Rewards. Um, I always read John Medina's articles on Star City. Uh, Brian Kibler, Jerry Thompson. Um, recently, I've uh, seen there's been some articles by Nick Spagnolo, who has uh, been rocking the tournament scene recently, yes. and with a deck that I like. And so I've been playing his deck, but his articles are really good. Yeah, like yeah, they're over on TCG Player. Um, I'm really impressed with everything I've read. He's only got like three articles, I think, so far. Uh, two of them are ones that I'd like to bookmark and come back to, like and read over again. Which, I mean, that that's just tells you something. I rarely bookmark articles, but those are two that I really like to kind of reread. One is called Casting Blue Spells. Kind of, uh, you know, he talks about why a turn one preordain is kind of dumb. Um, because, obviously, how do you know what you're looking for? <laughs> if, if you, I mean, unless you need land drops, that's what he's saying. Like, of course, cast it if you're missing land drops, if you're looking for land. But if you're... Uh, you know, why would you turn one a preordain if you don't even know what cards you want to keep because the opponent has played, like, nothing? Or, you know, I guess your opponent could turn one a goblin guide and you could get some idea of what you need. And right. then at that point, you do have a plan for your preordain. And I think that's his point. But that's just an example of one of the things he talks about. So to check those out, um, Alex Shearer, who now writes for Star City but also writes on GuessUnGiven.com and Channel Fireball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always got really interesting stats. Um, our buddy Kelly Reed, I try to read his articles wherever they may be. He writes for some different sites. Uh, he writes for Mana Nation and his own site, Quiet Speculation, of course. Um, I, every week, because not, not just because I edit it, but because he's my friend, I read Noyan's articles Yeah. Uh, on IWantMyMTG.com. And our other friend, Scotty Mack, who writes for 60cards.com. I, I try to keep up with those articles. Um, and then as far as other podcasts, uh, I did want to mention... One that I've been uh, been listening to recently, which is Scrubland. Yeah, that's become one of my favorite ones. I've heard they're really good. I haven't had a chance to check them out yet, but the guys um, the guys from Mana Screwed really like them, and mm. have been telling me that I need to listen to it. I just haven't got around to it yet. Yeah, they're, they're really good. So there's Scrubland, In Contention, Top Eight Magic, of course, which is Flores and BDM, um, Mana Screwed, the A Team. Uh, what? Is that that Donnie Wahlberg podcast? Yeah, it's Donnie Wahlberg podcast where they also occasionally play magic. Huh. Donnie Wahlberg is the host of that show. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I might check them out once. Mike Flores was on there. Yeah, exactly. Flores was on a recent episode, so check that out if you don't listen already. Um, of course, the magic show. Right, that's a video podcast. I don't, I don't consider that as a po- podcast, even though I guess it technically For a is. a lifestyle choice. <laughs> sure. Uh, Drago Radio is one that I listened to for a while, but I haven't seen an episode of them recently. Jin's um, uh, Playground. Yeah. He releases an episode pretty infrequently, but I always listen. Um, he had Conley on the one I listened to last. It was him and Conley Woods. That yeah, was, that's a good one. That was a good one. And uh, the Starkington podcast is good, too, but I haven't seen an episode of that in a while. So, uh, So how about you? Um, well, since you mentioned every good article or podcast out, um, <laughs> I guess like, no, uh, I'm kidding. I'm notoriously bad at listening to podcasts and reading 
articles. Well, um, partly that has to do with you. My internet sucks. So I don't get to listen, to, I especially don't get to listen to podcasts that much um, because I can almost never download them. Mm-hmm. I listen to anything I'm on. Um, <laughs> I listen to the Mana Screwed episodes that I'm on. Um, I didn't, I don't even think I listened to the Monday Night Magic episode I was on, but I heard it was interesting. Um, I listened to Yo MTG Taps. Uh, <laughs> I'm not lying. I listen to it because you edit, you know, you edit. So I'm like, well, what did he do this week? You know what I mean? Like, I actually right. do have to listen. And there's some times where, like, I'm not on the whole episode or not on any part of the episode. Right. So then I have to listen to see, like, what <laughs> happened, you know? Like, I gotta right. like, check in. Like, um, but for real, though, like, uh, I'm going to name some of the podcasts that I used to really like. And, like, some of them are more casual, but that's kind of the stuff I'm, you know, I... I have a, a, an affinity for those. Um, like, I really like the mana pool. Um, I know it's really long, and I know it's really off-topic and really random, but I have fun listening to those guys. I feel like I feel like they're just cool guys. Um, I wish I would listen to more episodes of Mana Screwed, because, like, I do really like talking to those guys. Those guys are entertaining to me, and I have fun with them whenever I'm on that show. Um, I will get a chance to catch up with that eventually. Um, I used to love Damage on the Stack. And the reason why was because it was, like, it was, like, um, I can't remember the girl, I think the girl's name was Crystal, maybe? Sounds familiar. And, um, she was kind of an, I don't know if she was a newish player, but she always had some questions. Like, she came up with questions about stuff that I think, like, sometimes seem obvious, but they aren't bad things to reinforce, I feel, like on a more basic level of the game. And I, and I thought that was a great podcast, especially for like newer players and stuff. Like, and there's people who like wanted to hear more clarifications on certain things that could come up for newer players. Uh-huh. Like I think it's a really good podcast for someone who runs FNMs to listen to. Yeah. Because they're the kind of questions that would come up that you have to answer. <laughs> You know what I mean? And rather than, like, trying to dig for an answer, you can go, like, well, yeah, I remember them talking about this on Damage on the Stack. But unfortunately, that podcast is no more. Um, I really liked the Avant Card show when that was around. I, I loved the Magic Sock. And and I know that I'm probably alone. But I did. I really liked that podcast. I'm glad that he's, like, at least occasionally back to begging for money. Um, and now, as far as uh, writers, um, my main man, John Medina, is, like, Number one behind the obvious, uh, you know, he has single-handedly um, pointed my trading goals in a direction that has me moving out of my house at the I'm out of my mom's freaking house at the end of this month. So that's great, and I love the insights that he has into trading and into like the values of cards. Um, I love it. I love anything's V rights. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just so like sometimes so snarky and like ridiculous, but like he's a bit of a troll, and I kind of like that. Um, who else? I, I don't read that many articles. I wish I could say I read more articles. <laughs> I used to love Lauren Lee's stuff when she was posting on her blog. Does she still post on her blog? That doesn't seem like that. I yeah. haven't seen her write much. Yeah. So I mean, I used to love reading her stuff, 
but she doesn't really post anymore. She's got other business to attend to, which is great. And Lauren Lee is moving to Roanoke to join the Star City team. Yeah. So congratulations to Lauren on that. Good luck with the move. Yeah, she was already uh, on Star City's team. She was the editor for a while, but... Uh, she's moving down there to do more full-time there. business with them, which is great. Right. She did post on her blog recently, uh, October 28th, which isn't too long ago. Yeah. And then October 22nd. Like, I'm just looking right now. She's actually got some entries... Uh, October 14th So it looks like okay. She actually does Write weekly Although for whatever reason I don't know If I've not seen them On Twitter Or what That's usually A lot of times I read articles Because someone Tweets them My Google reader At this point Is as bad As my inbox um, So And I know I've got her You know I've got her On reader But I don't look at it, so I don't see the updates. And, that, and again, like, I'm really bad at reading articles. Right. So, I mean, obviously I used to read uh, Alexander Shearer's stuff. Right. I like his stuff. Um, AJ Soccer is good. Conrad Kolos, I read some of his stuff, too. Both of those guys are over at Sam CCG Stoddard. right now. Sam Stoddard on Star City. Stoddard was a blog. He had a blog, right? The, the, well, the, he's on In Contention. Right, That's I his know. podcast. He, uh, I believe he did have the, the blog... Uh, he used to write, or he wrote an article for Star City um, called The Fearless Magical Inventory yes. a couple years ago. That's that's a classic. Uh, and then, you know, he's back to writing again on Star City. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his, I remember, like, his his personal blog... Yeah, was really good. ...was amazing. I remember reading some of his articles and being like, God, these are so good. Like, I can't remember what any of them were about now, but, like, they were just great articles. I always loved his stuff. Uh, and everything you mentioned too, you know what I mean. Like right. I, I'm trying to mention mostly things that you haven't mentioned. It's not like right, of course. It's not like I only read these things or listen to these things. Like it's just that like you've mentioned, you know, a bunch of good stuff. So yeah, uh, if if you're not checking out any of that stuff, uh, we recommend it. Uh, so some upcoming events: Grand Prix Nashville coming up this weekend, Scars of Meriden Limited, and next weekend is Grand Prix Florence, which is uh, also Scars of Meriden Limited. Also, don't forget that uh, December third through fifth is the Star City Games Open and Invitational down in Richmond, Virginia. Um, as far as I know, the Invitational has a bigger prize pool than any of the Opens, so definitely show up if you're qualified because you're out of your mind if you don't. And um, if you're not, come down and play in the Open anyway because it'll be a good time, as always. Yeah, the uh, the Invitational is $50,000. Yeah. So uh, first place takes away $10,000, second is $8,000, third and fourth, $4,000, fifth through eighth, $2,000, ninth through the 16th place gets $1,000, and 17th through 32nd gets $500. So... You're dumb as hell if you don't show up for that. Right. Top 32 gets 500 bucks. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, obviously if you're qualified, you're good enough to top 32. And there are also, um, there are also last chance qualifiers for that, too. Exactly. Where first prize gets 10 Star City points, so you're automatically qualified for the Invitational for winning an invi- from winning a last chance qualifier. So definitely check that out. Um, if you haven't heard about our contests... We're running two right now. You can win a Scars of Mirrodin metal lunchbox and or a uh, intro deck with a promo worm coil engine. For more information on that, just go to IWantMyMTG.com and click the tab at the top that says Contests. Uh, that's all for this week. Check back next week for another episode of Yo MTG Taps. EOMTG Taps is available every Friday on StarCityGames.com. Visit our website, 
IWantMyMTG.com for past episodes, t-shirts, free stickers, and more. You can contact us at YoMTGTaps at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at YoMTGTaps.